Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash entitled people, where people think the world revolves around them and nobody matters. And in today's episode, guys, we've got entitled people all demanding police and having it backfire on them. And the stories are super duper satisfying. I hope you enjoy them. Subscribe if you haven't already. And as always, don't shake your heads too hard. So several years ago, we had some new neighbors move in. It was a man and a woman. They were renting, and they weren't exactly salt-of-the-earth folks. They always thought that they could do whatever they wanted. They would play music so loud that our windows rattled, their mean dogs would escape all the time with them not caring, they'd have obnoxious people over all the time, parked anywhere they wanted, you know the type. We tried to be polite, but we steered clear of them when possible. It was a crappy situation, made worse only by the fact that the college kids that used to live next door had moved out after years of neighborly bliss. Their parents actually still owned the house, and I'd made a couple of calls to them about the disturbances. I guess it must have been about a year after they moved in when I was driving home from work and headed down the street in a direction where I was passing the front of their house. It was almost dark out and this was a small residential street with light traffic and the speed limit was maybe 25 or 30. The man of the house was out in the street, stumbling around, yelling, flailing his hands and blocking cars as they were trying to get by. Obviously the guy was wasted. The guy also kept screaming for someone to call the cops if they had a problem with him. I managed to eke by him while he's screaming at me to call the cops and park in my driveway. I then watched for about 15 minutes as he continued this little show. I wanted to watch for any evidence that he was in any sort of jeopardy other than being in the street. So I looked at my wife and said, you know what, if he wants the cops, I'm going to oblige. So I picked up the phone, dialed 911, and told them that there was a man in the street blocking traffic and asking for someone to call the police. About five minutes later, the city's finest roll up in two squad cars. We went outside, sat on our front porch, and watched them try to get the dude into the back seat for like 20 minutes. And ultimately, he was hogtied and then thrown on his stomach by the time they were done. I guess he didn't want the cops after all. We never saw him again, but a couple of weeks later, there was a new man of the house that moved in. We sold and moved a few months after that, but we never saw the first guy again, so I have no idea what happened. I can only presume that he had an outstanding warrant and he was locked up. Guys, that's like the last thing you'd want to do while being drunk on the streets, yelling for cops to come. And I'm also trying to wrap my head around why he'd want someone to call the cops in the first place. I'm just going to assume because alcohol. So this happened about seven years ago. I used to work in a store whose name sounds like a lot of those cops that ride in planes. This particular day, I was at the register when a well-dressed guy and three women walk in. Each takes a cart, and they start walking around and picking things out. I was known for my no BS attitude on the register. If you throw money at me, give me attitude, whatever. I'll do it right back to you. So when a coordinator comes to me 30 minutes later and asks me to take the dude and his girls on my register, I already knew we were in for a fun time. They rolled up with these three carts full of clothes. And not just any stuff, we're talking shoes and boots that cost $300 to $800, expensive handbags, coats, and more. I'm just there thinking, oh crap. 
So they walk up, and I start scanning, all the while these ladies are being unpleasant towards me. Finally, I get through it all, and the cost comes to about $3,000. The dude then reaches into his fly coat, and he pulls out a wad of cash. All crisp, $100 bills. And immediately, I knew something was off. So I take the money, go to the machine to check it, and the first bill doesn't pass, and neither does the second. So I turn back around and tell the dude that I can't take the money. But before I get a chance to fully explain, that's when one of the women cuts me off and tells me, Take the effing money and do your damn job. And that's when I say, you know what, you got it, I will do my damn job. Just let me get the manager so he can help. The three start to smirk, thinking they're getting away with this. And they should have just laughed after that because in my store, if we suspect you're using fake money, and in this case, to buy thousands of dollars of merchandise, we gotta try to keep you there while we get the cops. So I go to my manager, cash in hand, and tell him what's up. He then goes to the office, checks the money, and lo and behold, it's all fake hundreds. I go out and make an excuse that we're processing the payment, as it's a large sum. At this point, the dude's now nervous, but just imagine his pants when two cops walk in a few minutes later and they head straight for us. His horrified face made my day. The cops take my statement, and the next thing you know, all four of them are getting arrested. The same lady is screaming and cursing at me. While I tell her in the most innocent voice that I can pull off, you told me to do my job, so I did. Oh man, I love this post so much guys, like Karens are bad enough, but scamming Karens, being pushy and demanding, this is exactly what they deserve. And this person shares their experience and says, This reminds me of the time that my mom once had the FBI show up to her work at Thrifty's, aka Rite Aid now. The dude showed up and he bought $5 worth of gum with a $1,500 cashier check. My mom thought that was odd, so she asked the manager. The manager tells her to ask for ID. She then writes the info down, cashes the check, and off he goes. Three days later, the FBI shows up asking for my mom. They interview her and explain that they've been chasing this guy for months. The only lead they had was my mom because she was the only person that asked for ID. They caught the guy two weeks later. Yeah, they say thieves are dumb guys, but to give your real identification when you're doing highly illegal activity is just next level dumb, like holy moly. This happened a few years ago, when I was working at a will-not-be-named drugstore. So at the said drugstore, we have a booth where people can buy their lottery tickets, cash their winnings, etc. I was working said booth, when what best can be described as your typical Karen walks in, wanting to check some lottery tickets. So Karen hands over two lottery tickets, and I run them through the ticket reader. Prize already claimed pops up on the screen, meaning the woman had taken these tickets elsewhere, collected her cash winnings, and opted to take the winning tickets with her afterward. This meant at best that she mixed up her tickets, and at worst, she was trying to run a scam, though why she thought it would work, I'm unsure. I basically say to her, Miss, the system showing that you've already cashed these tickets, meaning you've received the prize. I then put the tickets down on the counter in front of her. And Karen says, that's ridiculous. There's X prize on this one and X prize on this one. You need to give me my prize right now. Don't make me call your manager. Now I did try to explain to her again that I can't give her the prize. And that's when she tells me to get my manager. As you wish, my minivan princess. So I go and get my manager and manager says, Miss, you've already claimed these prizes. There's nothing we can do. That's when Karen does as Karens do, and she flips out. I was only 16 at the time, so my manager handles her as I stand back and watch. Eventually, something clicks, and Karen hears for the first time what we told her 10 minutes ago, and she calms down. 
And I'm thinking, crisis averted. My manager returns to her office, and that's when Karen says, Where are my tickets? I say to her, uh, I placed them on the counter in front of you. They're garbage anyway, since there's no prize on them. Karen says to me, I didn't take them. Someone stole them. I keep all my lottery tickets. Where are they? At this point, I'm giving her some side eye and say, uh, I'm not sure, but I'll check around. No lotto tickets to be found anywhere at my station. I inform her that she's straight out of luck, but again, the tickets are worthless. Karen then returns to her primal state and says, I don't have them, so clearly someone stole them. If you stole them, give them back. Call the police right now, or I will. This time, I go to my manager's office and inform her of the situation. We then decide if she wants the cops involved, then very well, we'll oblige. Now, we do this for two reasons. Number one, because if Karen calls, she'll likely say something nuts, and cops are going to roll up prepared for an armed robbery, which would be a huge waste of police resources. And two, perhaps this is a good time for Karen to learn the appropriate use of emergency services. So with that, I call the non-emergency line and tell Karen to sit tight. We live in a quiet suburb-like town in our city, so a single officer arrives shortly thereafter. I speak to the officer and inform him of the situation, noting specifically that we called in the best interest of the situation. Karen and the officer step into the break room to chat. What I hoped occurred was a stern talking to and a swift diagnosis of Karenitis, followed by some crocodile tears and a heavy fine. Unfortunately, since I was the one who called, I don't believe this occurred. And since I couldn't hear their talk from my station, I can't say with any certainty what happened in there. With that said, I can piece together that it wasn't pleasant, as a flush-faced, purse falling off her shoulder, a tip-tap-tip-tap walking-slash-running Karen emerges, and she makes a beeline for the exit, not making eye contact with anyone. The satisfaction of a lightly cursing Karen struggling to find her sunglasses in her purse was priceless. The officer then stopped by to briefly let me know to not call for anything similar, though I could tell there was no animosity between us, having been on the same side in the eternal battle against Karens. Guys, I find it so weird that the cop told her to not call again. Like, isn't that what the non-emergency line's for? Like, you have a woman that's harassing employees and the manager and refusing to leave the store for a ridiculous reason. Who else are you going to call? And someone in the comments mentioned that she wanted to keep the losing tickets so she would have documentation to claim her gambling losses on her taxes, which I had no idea you could do. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Nile.com. 
So in our mid-twenties, my husband and I purchased and moved into our rather modest first house with our infant daughter. I made a big effort to meet and befriend our neighbors, and all of them wanted me to be careful of one particular person, who we'll call Jane. Jane had lived in the street for three years at this point, and she had earned herself the nickname Big Fat Jane, as she was manipulating, intimidating, and thoroughly awful. Jane ran a daycare from her house, but neighbors on both sides reported hearing her scream at the children and leaving them unsupervised in the garden. It's also important to note that Jane's husband is a police officer, and the neighbors were scared of retaliation if they reported her or stood up to her. It seemed that Jane would use this to get away with her horrific behavior. With that said, our house had a driveway with a dropped curb, big enough for one car, but we could fit both, if you blocked in the first and only used the second car. Parking on the street was very limited, and we had double yellow lines outside of our house, which means do not stop or park there. During some essential roof work, our driveway was taken up by the scaffolding and a skip, so we parked in the street, and my husband parked just outside of Jane's house. The next day, when he went to his car, Jane comes running down her path, shouting at him. She screamed about his anti-social parking, and that his car would be towed, and that he could expect it to be scratched up if he left it there any longer. My husband calmly explained that it was a public road and she had no right to police the space. Her screeches at this point were loud enough that I and several neighbors heard and they came to see the commotion. Her husband was perched at the door during all of this, saying and doing nothing. When she saw me on the pavement with our daughter, she pointed and screamed, You'll have the police on you if you don't F off. I'll scratch you right up. At this point, I told my husband to come back and we were calling the police. She then responded, call the police, I effing dare you. She then points at her husband and says, he's a policeman, he'll effing sort you out, you won't know what hit you. At this point, my husband looked at her husband and he said, is that right, and you're agreeing with what she said? Her husband nods and said, yep, you need to move or accept the consequences. If you call the police, it won't get you anywhere. Funnily, that's when I took out my phone and dialed the non-emergency number on speakerphone, and made a police report, and both of them looked a lot less confident. Jane stood there open-mouthed, and she grabbed her husband and slammed the door, and we haven't heard from her since. Her partner was placed on suspension due to the allegation and further allegations from our neighbors. He was then demoted after he returned to an admin role. After our confrontation, Jane was given a warning for a public order offense. However, due to a number of reports, her daycare closed and she's no longer able to watch children. Their house is also up for sale. However, as she's made a number of modifications without proper planning or permits, the price is significantly lower than what they expected, and they're in negative equity, all because of a parking incident. Oh my goodness, what a fallout that was, guys. And I hope they both learned a lesson about abusing power. Like, what a mistake that was. Shame on the cop husband for knowing he was in the wrong and still went to bully everyone. Serves him right. Like, I love how Opie basically cleaned up the neighborhood with one phone call. This is a few years back, though I'm still driving my 2005 Santa Fe that's involved in this little dust-up. I had just gotten a new job in a different state, and because it was somewhat of a promotion, the company paid entirely for the move. After seeing all my stuff packed away safely, the movers started heading to the new state. But as they were driving a different route to avoid icy roads through the Rockies, they were going to take a little longer, so we drove through the night and ended up staying at a hotel. On the way over, I noticed my brakes starting to vibrate a bit on the descent into the new state. They were squeaking a tad, so I'm thinking new brake pads, maybe new rotors if they can't be machined. No big deal, right? 
So after we get our stuff unloaded and into the new place, I take the car to a mechanic shop that had good ratings and was even recommended to me by a coworker. But I swear, they took a look at my out-of-state license plates and they saw dollar signs. When I dropped off the car, I signed the work order for a tire rotation and a free inspection, just wanting them to confirm my suspicion on the brakes. I specifically told them to not do any work unless I specifically authorized them over the phone and in writing, and you could probably guess what happened next. So I called after an hour to see what they had found, and sure enough, the boss of the shop said that unfortunately, I not only needed new brake pads and rotors, but new calipers as well, totaling $1,200. But not to worry, because they've already started working on it, and would have it done in just under a couple of hours. Needless to say, I was pissed as all hell, and I told him that I didn't authorize, nor did I agree to those repairs. I told him that I would be over in a minute, to cease all work on the car, and that I would talk to him in person. On the way over, I called a different shop, one that had better ratings, and the one I eventually used for every car-related need after this for the rest of the time I lived in the state. I explained the situation, and she said that it was highly suspect that they wanted to replace the calipers, but that they'd be happy to give me a second opinion, of course, and that they usually ran around $300 for new pads and rotors. Anyway, I get to the repair shop and proceed to tell the manager that I was taking my car elsewhere for a second opinion, and that if he was right and the calipers needed to be replaced along with the brake assembly, I would be happy to have him bid on the work. He responded that he would be happy to have my car towed to a different shop for $150, but that he was legally obligated to hold my car as it was an unsafe vehicle and he would be liable for damages that ensued if my brakes were to fail should I leave. Of course, I knew this was BS, and we yelled about it for 10 minutes, with him every time refusing to budge, saying he would have to have it towed for $150 or do the repairs, nothing else. I told him that he was committing Grand Theft Auto, and that I would call the cops if he didn't put my car back together and let me drive away. And that's when he told me to do that, and they would back him 100%, and they might even fine me for driving with completely destroyed brakes. I asked him if he wanted to take it this far, and he said he did, to call the cops right away. So I did. I called the non-emergency police line and was eventually transferred to a very nice female police officer, and I calmly explained my situation. She was super helpful, and she confirmed, of course, that the mechanic had no legal basis to hold my car against my will. And although she did warn me that I was of course liable for any and all problems that might arise if I indeed was driving with bad brakes, that it wasn't his problem. She actually laughed at him saying he was liable if I got into a wreck after I left, and that he was in violation of the law. So with that, I took my cell phone in and had him talk to her, and he proceeded to be a massive a-hole to her on the phone, at first not believing that she was in fact a real police officer, and then insisting that she didn't know what she was talking about, that he had done this before, and he knew the law. The guy still didn't believe she was a real, actual police officer, so she promised that he'd find out soon enough. Fifteen minutes later, after I waited outside because I was really close to just losing it talking to this a-hole, a squad car pulls up and asks me where the manager is. They were informed of the situation, so they walked up to the guy and handed him something that I assume was either a ticket or a summons or something. They then told him to put my car back together immediately and to let me go. This had been over four hours from the time I dropped my car off to the time they drove it out of the bay ready for me to drive away. 
And after all that, he still hands me the bill for $50 for a tire rotation and $100 for the inspection. I had a copy of the original, of course, and I told him to go F himself on the inspection fee. And looking at my car outside, I told him to see for himself that the tires weren't actually rotated. The cops were still there too, so there wasn't much he could do, but let me sign a $0 work order for nothing and walk away. It was glorious. And of course, the other repair shop said it was just the pads that needed to be replaced. And they were able to machine the rotors, so there wasn't a hint of vibration. All told, it cost $200, and I made a new mechanic friend that I could trust. What a mistake that was, guys. Like, if you're gonna pull something that sleazy, don't dare someone to call the cops. I'm glad to hear the cops were able to show up, because who knows how that would have ended. And to think, if they did this to OP, how many other people have they done this to? So I'm a process server, and no, not like Seth Rogen in Pineapple Express. I don't have to wear disguises, although that would make my job so much more fun. I mainly deal with civil cases. If you don't answer your door, we leave a sticker with our number so you can contact us to arrange a time to meet. I received a call from a defendant to return to the address, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to return when they asked because it was late. I returned today to serve the summons, and they have a Nest doorbell. One of those doorbells that records who's knocking on your door. About 15 minutes after I left, because of no answer, I receive a call from a blocked number. It's the same person that i previously spoken to, but this time, she immediately starts to insult and threaten me, saying things like, Stop twitching like a drug addict, and if you come back to my house, we gonna have problems. She also stated that she had called the cops, and they had my face and know that I'm a scam artist. And I'm thinking, okay, that's fairly common in my line of work. And I was respectful and polite through the entire conversation, trying to explain that I indeed had a summons that I needed to get to her, but that goes nowhere. Then about an hour later, I receive another phone call from a blocked number. This time, it was a male. The first thing he says is, Are you that white boy that showed up to my house earlier? I respond, yes. He then says, If you ever come back to my house again, I'm gonna F you up. I simply replied, that's fine, I'll just call the police and have them help me serve the summons, and then hung up, as he goes on another tirade of insults. Not five minutes later, I receive another call, but this time, the contact was saved in my phone, under a cop's name. I answer with a friendly, hey there Joe, and he's noticeably confused as to why I know his name. He says to me, why are you answering when I call this number? I tell him, it's me, Mike. I used to help coach your daughter for softball in high school. I'm a process server now, and I have a document that I need to get to them. And he's like, oh, so you actually have a summons, and this isn't a scam? Okay, cool, I'll let them know. I then proceed to laugh my ass off all the way to their house, and serve them to their dismay. And they didn't F me up. It was easily the best service I've ever had. Guys, the only thing that could have made that better is if OP asked for that cop to meet at their front door. That would have been something. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed today's stories. If you did, hit that thumbs up. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash I don't work here lady where a Karen goes absolutely insane and gets arrested over something so stupid. Guys, go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.